welcome to the Business Brainwave Show with Renata Jute, where we will look at ways to optimize your business. In this episode of Business Brainwaves, we look at the costs associated to trusts. So yeah, as the saying goes, there is no such thing as a free lunch. And whilst there are clear financial benefits, uh, trustees need to be aware of all the various costs that are associated to creating and running and maintaining trusts. You know, I so often meet with people and everyone thinks it's a great idea to have a trust, but no one's actually applied their minds and really looked into not only what it'll cost to set up that trust, but what will it cost to get the assets into the trust and what will it cost to maintain that trust? So, I have actually split the various costs into those three sections. The one being the setup costs, the next the costs for transferring certain assets to the trusts, and then of course the costs involved in maintaining and managing the trust. So, let's start with setup cost. The cost involved in forming a trust is really the fees that are payable to the parties responsible for setting up this trust, for drafting the trust deed. This is normally your attorney. And then, of course, there are also fees uh, perhaps to the master where we will be lodging that trust deed. There may even be uh, fees for the what we refer to as the master correspondence. Those are the people that would deal with the master on our behalf sometimes. So yes, there are certain setup costs. So maybe there would be um, even um, consulting fees. So let's say, for instance, you are meeting with a party and then decide, well, I would actually prefer to deal with another party. So there may even be various consultation fees involved in this setup process. Now, once we've gone through the setup and we've actually lodged the trust at the master at the high court and we have now received our letter of authority and our deed, we now have basically an empty shell. And we now need to, of course, transfer assets to this trust, the purpose that this trust was formed. Now, this trust would now be formed either to maybe inherit funds or to own property, maybe to own business shares, uh, possibly to own investment shares, whatever that would look like, we need to look at how these things would get into the trust. Now, if we are talking about immovable property, houses, buildings, we need to look at things such as transfer duty and conveyance fees for transferring the immovable property to this trust. So this is if we already own a property in a personal name and we wish to transfer it to the trust. Or if we wish to purchase a property from onset in the trust. Either way, we would have these costs. The good thing now is that transfer costs and duties are now no longer different for a trust to an individual. In years gone by, those used to be actually different fees and to transfer properties into a trust was a much higher rate. Now, whether it's an individual company, a trust, it's all the same. Then if we look at, let's say, for instance, investment share portfolios, well, there what could happen is we could trigger an administration fee for someone to have to deal with this. Now, if we already own this share portfolio in our hands, we would now need to do a change of ownership. If it is that the trust will have 
money in it. So we have transferred funds into the trust and the trust will do a direct investment. There may still be administration fees. And then, of course, if we have company shares that we wish to transfer to the trust, we need to uh, account for costs such as accounting and auditor's fees for updating our memorandum of incorporation, or MOI, maybe our share register, issuing of share certificates, and there could also be, or there will be, the securities transfer tax of 0.25% of the value of the shares. And then we need to also take into account that if we personally already owned these assets, we could be triggering a capital gains tax um, if there is a gain. So if we already own these assets in our personal names and we are now transferring these assets to the trust, the one thing that could happen is we would be triggering a capital gains tax uh, if there is a gain. There could also be the things such as of course, donations and loan accounts, and I will talk about that a little bit later. So we've now set up the trust, we've paid those fees. We then also paid all the parties to get some assets into the trust. We now have a trust deed, we now have some assets in the trust, but now comes the ongoing costs. And these are the costs that's involved in maintaining and managing this trust. Remember here, I'm referring to the intervivos type trusts, the discretionary trusts. And um, now we have these assets in the trust. And because the Trust Property Control Act tells us that we need to, of course, maintain this and we need to account for things and we need to basically keep book of things, we now need to look at so what will this cost us? And so things that would be included here is the administration, the bookkeeping, the accounting. These would be like the most common costs. Now, if you look at the bookkeeping and the accounting fees, this would include things such as the normal bookkeeping, the drafting of financial statements, the submitting of tax returns. And don't forget, the trust is a provisional taxpayer. So you would have two provisional tax periods, as well as your year-end tax return. So these three tax submissions and your accounting that you need to take into account. So you're drafting financial statements here um, or financial records. So these things all come at a cost. The good thing is, unless your deed specifically makes provision in a clause that says this trust needs to be audited, your trust does not necessarily need to be audited. But if, your, if the clauses include there that the trust must be audited, you are incurring even further costs for your trust. Now, another ongoing cost would be your independent trustee fees. These are normally charged, um, I've seen either as a set fee per month, or sometimes it can be as a percentage of the market value of the assets under management in the trust. So it depends from uh, trustee to trustee, from company to company. These are also things that we need to take into account. And the thing is, you can't just go and operate the trust without an independent trustee, although you may be able to get away with it. It is how will you really know that you are doing the right thing? Now, I've had some several articles um, about 
the purpose of an independent trustee. Uh, I also touch on it in my book, So You're a Trustee, Now What? And I really think that it's very important. And I often also touch on the roles and responsibilities of trustees and independent trustees in my trustee training workshops. Because these things are so important that we understand what the roles and responsibilities are. So once you know what the roles and responsibilities and the risk is to an independent trustee, you'll understand that these people cannot just act free of charge. There will be a cost associated to acting as an independent trustee. And I know that the Master of the High Court is currently also readdressing who may in actual fact act as trustees and independent trustees and trust advisors, and they are tightening that up, which means that you would need certain accreditation, certain level of education to be able to act as an independent trustee. Now, also, if we look at what would the remuneration be for these people, we can fall back on Section 22 of the Trust Property Control Act. Now, this section, it indicates and it permits that trustees may receive a reasonable remuneration. The problem is there's no real clarification on what is reasonable. And I know that we've also been in discussions with the Master of the High Court to say, well, what is reasonable? How long is this piece of string? At the end of the day, you would need to understand that these people have a very responsible role to fulfill. And you will need to pay for that service, whatever that may be. So if we look at the the, the least of our worries, it would be the accounting and the independent trustee fees. Of course, you would also have bank charges because the trust would have to have a bank account. So you would have that as an ongoing fee as well. Now, if we then look at evaluating the cost versus benefit of the trust, in other words, are all the costs really worth the fees I'm going to be paying? Well, you see, this is where... I've often said to my clients that it is so important that when you are deciding on the pros and cons of a trust, you really have to weigh up far more than the costs only. You really need to look at what is the purpose this trust is to serve? What is my long-term intention with this trust? And more often than not, the purpose is really for the trust to outlive me for the trust to protect my assets. But really, if I'm going to only place a small monetary value of assets in this trust, or I have a limited amount of risk, I do believe that maybe the costs will far outweigh the benefit. So you really need to understand what is, what is it I'm trying to achieve? What is my cost-to-benefit exercise here? And as I mentioned earlier, when we were talking about the cost of transferring assets to the trust, remember, for me to get any asset into the trust, whether that be funds, physical assets, immovable property, movable property, company shares, whatever that may be, for the trust to obtain these assets, either the trust must already have funding, or if I the individual own these assets and I wish to transfer these assets to the trust, I could create either a donation or a loan account. Now currently our legislation allows that under SARS we can donate up to a maximum of 100,000 rands 
a year to the trust. Anything over and above that will trigger donations tax. So we need to also look at that and say, well, am I willing to pay these donations tax? Will attribution taxes apply later with whatever happens with these assets in the trust? That's also something we would need to look at, and I do touch on that in my book as well. And then, of course, the other thing we need to look at is if I am to transfer an asset to the trust, it exceeds my donation cap. I am, for instance, creating a loan account. I have, let's say, a million rand uh, share portfolio. I'm transferring this to the trust. The trust now owes me one million rand. I have now created a loan account. Now, for those of you that have been following me a while, been reading my articles and that are but up to date with taxes, you will know that we will now trigger this dreaded Section 7C tax which means that it's nothing more than a deemed donations tax because the trust owes me money and if I'm not charging interest on this loan, I could trigger a tax. So it is very important that when you are assessing the possibility of getting a trust, that you understand the cost to benefit exercise. And you really need to sit with someone that has your best interest at heart, that is not trying to just sell you a product, but someone that is trying to sell you a solution that can give you the costs, the long-term costs, the risks, the benefits that can actually give you the full picture before you sign on the dotted line. And for those of you that already have trusts and that maybe you're not 100% sure whether you are still on track, it is important that you sit either with your independent trustee, your accountants, uh, outside trust advisors. You could even reach out to me where someone can just sit with you and go through the current status of the trust and measure how that is actually aligned with the intention of the trust. Because sometimes what happens is the status, in other words, where am I finding myself, what does my trust look like at the moment, versus my initial intention. Sometimes that goes out of alignment, and we just need to bring it back into alignment. So I hope that you've learned something from this discussion. And um, yes, please, as always, feel free to reach out to me. I love talking trust. I love presenting trust workshops, so keep an uh, eye and an ear open for my trust workshops if you want to hop onto one of those. Um, keep an eye out for my trust book, and yeah, just reach out if you would like more information on trusts. You're also welcome to pop over to my blog on my website where you can reach um, the uh, various uh, trust articles. Uh, all these uh, posts or, or all these uh, links will be posted in the uh, uh, block below. Thanks guys, have a good one. Thanks for listening to this episode of Business Brainwaves. For more Business Brainwaves, please visit my website nobleprosperity.co.za, follow me on Facebook or connect with me on LinkedIn. For easy access, the links are posted below.